The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. You're home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP Radio Network. Happy New Year to you all. Matt and Greg are here to start off uh, the new year in a big way and yeah. pretty much the official change of format, officially official. Uh, new Year, new panel. New Year, new panel. That's right. Um, yeah, we got a lot of cool things, uh, announcements that I kind of wanted to lay on you all before we really get going. First and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Fat Man's Pizza, 2712 Niagara Falls Boulevard in Tonawanda, New York. They, Yeah, they, they're supporting us. Uh, pizza, wings, subs, whatever it is, they've been really good to us, and I promise you they will be really, really good to you. Stop in today or uh, give them a call. Give them a like on Facebook, Instagram. I'm, t- I'm constantly uh, plugging their page. It's really, really good food. And Jeff there. Uh, he, yeah, he's just amazing, and please, please go support him the way he has supported us. Also, the podcast precinct, we are expanding. We're already moving down the hall to the next office. Uh, we wanted a bigger space and so we can run events and do what we want to do. Uh, and officially, January 18th is our first open house. Yes. We're doing a basket auction, and pretty much everything that you guys, you know, anybody who shows up, uh, you're putting in to help build up our office space to become bigger and better than it was before. So do that. It's 800 Walk Road on January 18th from 10 a.m. to 6, uh, excuse me, 6 o'clock p.m. And uh, $10 raffle, uh, raffle ticket sheets. You get 25 chances uh, at some of the various prizes that we have, including the Infinity Gauntlet uh, number one, it's a 9.2 or 9.4? It's a 9.7 grade? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's, yeah, a graded comic book. One of the two. I, want, I think it's four. Uh, but it's a graded comic book, and you get a chance to win that and a whole bunch of other prizes while supporting our our space. So, yeah. And if you're, like, if you like what we're doing, but also you want to do it on your own, uh, the beauty of the new space is not only will we have an office in the front, we will have legit studio space. Um, we'll have two separate studio rooms. Yes. So not only will you not have to worry about our recording schedules, but you can come in and have your own legit-looking studio space to record out of, to um, take pictures in and, and promote yourself. Yep. And that is $50 a month, That correct? is correct. If you want to come and use that space, which I think is pretty sweet, and I'm super excited um, for what that's all going to look like. But it's going to be legit. It's not it, – it's going to make us feel even better. We are excited to move into the new year and really upgrade the precinct. Hugely um, upgrade. Hugely upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it is it's fifty bucks a month. We give you recording space. We give you recording tools, including our mic and audio mixers, and uh, and we do editing for you. We'll help you in the upload and, and planning your podcast process, which is very very important to us. We want to see everybody succeed, and obviously anybody who comes through our doors, we will guarantee um, that we will do all that we can to help you. But uh, yeah, that is it for announcements. It only took up a couple minutes. Not too bad. Uh, <laughs> But uh, New Year, New Us, right? New, new Year, new, new Us. And, 
you know, with the new year becomes, you know, it comes beginnings, I guess, is really the phrase to use, the, the word to use. Comic books, there are, I mean, beginnings really define a character. For sure. Other, you know, beginnings are just in simpler verbiage. Uh, an origin story, so to speak. So this entire month, uh, Greg and I have decided to talk about origins, uh, some of our favorites, the art of the origin story, yep. and, and and so much beyond that because, I mean, comic books are wild today with how many multiverses and, and, and writers have their take on certain characters. So we're going to do our, yeah, we're going to do our damnedest to, uh, to kind of bring that to you. This is specifically origin stories. Uh, so... This will be mainly like superheroes and such, but I, I will say down the road, I think we will cover the art of the first issue as well. Yes. Uh, and talking about that, not just in the sense of superheroes, but all sorts of comic books and how the first issue works and some of our favorites. That might be later this month. That might be down the road. It might be a good way to close the month off, that might I be, think. So it, you never know. Um, we have a schedule of things we are excited to talk about, and it will probably change a hundred times. But <laughs> origin stories, I think, like, we know a lot of characters by their origins. We know, like, most, I think, of, like, the big characters. We can say, hey, how did this person start? And there's usually a pretty clear-cut um, origin for them. And there's usually. A, there's usually a formula to that origin, I feel like. And I, I feel like that's, like, one of the big arts to it. So I think point one of an origin for me is usually, like, nine times out of ten tragedy. I think there yeah. always is a tragedy of some sort to form a hero. I mean, even a villain, too, in that respect, oh, yeah. too. Uh, I, I, that's, I mean, that's it is important. You look at some of the best... Uh, you know, origin stories, well, at least the ones that I'm familiar with. And we're yeah. going to reference, you know, some of the different ones. Uh, I'll do Spider-Man Yeah. Uh, to start off. Because Spider-Man's a favorite one. It's very well known. You know, got bit by a radioactive spider, went to a wrestling show uh, to wrestle some guys, show off his new powers. And then one night, finds out that Uncle Ben was killed. Yeah. And uh, from that point forward, decided to use his powers Uh, f- damn it, Prince. Uh, <laughs> he decided to use his powers for good, fighting crime to prevent people like his Uncle Ben from dying. On the flip side of that, you know, another good origin story I like to reference for tragedy is, uh, oh, I'm a sucker, Venom. I- I'm super, obviously, you know, I'm super Marvel guy. Uh, Eddie Brock's story, even yeah. on the villain side, was a almost almost a tra- tragedy. Yeah, it was very different. Though and and, and I, we've read his at least the origin that I checked out before, where he was almost like like levels of serial killer in that version. Oh yeah 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 that is true. That was a little different. That's yeah. I do remember which book you're talking about. And his like original appearance though, he was just a a journalist that trying to yeah. make a you know make a living, get his foot in the door. You know, be he loved you know journalism and. You know, somebody lied to him. They say they said they were somebody, and he interviewed him. Sin Eater. Sin Eater, that's right. Posted the big story, and then Spider-Man eventually exposed it and cost him his career, his life, his livelihood. And from that point on, he just happened to merge with the symbiote known as Venom, and then came all the rage. So, in his, I mean, if you look at it from his perspective, a tragedy. Um, I think on the villain side, so I think... 
heroes, it's usually tragedy. Yeah. Usually there is a there is some um, that isn't that way. I think like Hal Jordan's Green Lantern, kind of sorta, but it's a le- a little looser. Um, it wasn't the direct catalyst, but I think on the side of villain, and I'll talk Hal Jordan a little more in a second. But on the side of villain, it's less tragedy and more blame. I think often that's fair. Yeah, there, yes, that's a good there point. There is a tragedy of sorts, and it is, but it's often they become a villain specifically because then they link the blame of that tragedy uh, to the heroes. That's fair, and I, I think that's that's common. That's not uh, villains. I think it's a little more abstract with villains. Um, I think because of all of the one heroes, it's usually I want to help people, so it's a little more clear cut. Where villains, it's usually like. They have all these ulterior motives. I want to take over the world, or I want revenge, or this. So some often it depends on their specific um, their specific motivations. Right. But I think blame is usually a big one for villains on on why they don't like <laughs> the hero. And that's why they fair. I mean, are. now that you say that, it kind of you know that kind of points the Venom uh, you know origin story in that way. Uh, I mean, are there any others that really stick out to you? Uh, you know, obviously you're big on the DC side of things. So, so. I think, like... Batman's is a tragedy. Batman's is definitely a tragedy. Um, both of his parents dying in front of him. And then there's a couple other... I actually would say, as much as people don't... Like, Superman. Yes. He came to... The whole reason he came to Earth is because his planet got destroyed. Yeah. That's a pretty big tragedy. And, and yes, he... Like, a lot of people, I think, forget that. And they focus on, oh, he was a, an orphan raised by the Kents. Right. But his planet literally had to be destroyed. And I think, like, he had a fortress of solitude where he could go to be with what's left of the memory of his family. Right. Um, and I think that's where... You know, there there is tragedy there. There is that. Um Oh yeah, he pretty much never knew his parents. Yeah, officially. Yeah, Green Arrow. Plane crashes. He gets stuck on an island. You know, that's the the show version and the the comics. He literally is stuck on an island called Purgatory. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> Until he uh, makes his return. So it's uh, Punisher. Punisher's yeah, a huge that's tragedy. a huge one. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a really good one. Uh what do you like to see specifically when it comes to an origin story? Like, if you're, like, if there's a bad origin story, does it turn you off from the character? Sometimes. Because, um, like, the motives may, maybe don't line up. Yeah, I really like, so I think round two, I would say the second thing in an origin story um, is that transformation, right? So, like, I love, so we have all of our pop vinyls along the wall. Yeah. And... Like, I'm trying to, like, think of certain characters' stories, and I'm, like, looking over it <laughs> at the pop vinyls, and, like, oh, this is a great example. So, for example, uh, Doctor Strange. I was about to say, yeah. Total jerkwad. And he goes through this transformation um, from jerkwad to super jerkwad, but awesome. <laughs> you know, like, his, his personality changes, his motivations change on what he's doing, and I think that's a huge part of Heroes. Um, and sometimes it's the, from a crap human being, Tony Stark's another one. Yeah, that's a good one. I was just watching Iron Man last night, too. <laughs> Two good words. And, and sometimes it's coward to brave. I think um, one of my favorite Green Lanterns is Jessica Cruz. Okay. And she literally suffers from uh, agoraphobia. 
So she is literally scared of leaving her house and now has this, like, super-powered ring that forces her to have to leave and not just go out into the world but into the universe. Um, and you watch her struggle with that because um, she was another one who suffered from tragedy. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head now. I believe she was attacked um, out in the woods, if I'm remembering right. There's so many lanterns that I get them mixed up. But, yeah, so she – after that attack, she was literally, like, suffered from agoraphobia like, and had to go through those changes. And I think that's a very interesting transformation as well. Um Hal Jordan is another one, kind of a jerk. He's So his was the tragedy. He watches his father die as a pilot and then becomes a pilot himself. Right. Um, but he actually has to go from, like, just being who he is, a playboy, drinking, sleeping around, kind of a Batman-esque, but, like, under the radar um, more, just like your typical, like, bar bro. Yeah, because <laughs> he's not, like, a billionaire like, no, like Batman. He's, yeah. he's a test pilot. Um, from the Air Force, and then some alien. So now he discovers aliens, and an alien goes, "Hey, here's a ring. It's your job to protect the Earth." He's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise!" Uh. <laughs> and he has to battle with that right away, in battle with the idea of, of fear. And that's the that's the trend of Green Lanterns is how do you overcome your fear? And he was chosen. And then like you look at another Green Lantern like Kyle Rayner, and it's so sad. <laughs> like when you look at it, the he goes, the alien like comes across Kyle Rayner and goes, ah, you'll do, and sticks the <laughs> ring. Yeah, you're not bad. And he becomes the greatest Green Lantern of all time. That's true. Next to Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you have this pretty dynamic uh, transformation in origin, I think. Um. And then I do think though there are characters that just kind of come across stuff. And in, they're not, they don't have a direct tragedy that changes them, but often I think heroes have a rough life. Booster Gold is one who didn't have a great relationship with his father. Charles Xavier is a good one. Yep. His relationship with like Juggernaut and his own stepfather and, and this and that. And uh, they're inspired to do good. Yeah, which is a good thing. Because I said it a couple weeks ago on the uh, the Star Wars episode. You know, I'm, I'm like fascinated with... Uh, you know, characters and why they, you know, they go through so much stuff. And I think it's because it's so relatable. Yeah. It's a little bit relatable. Us as humans, we go through so, so much that tests us, who we are, our character. And, you know, the decisions that we make after going through those things really defines who we are as a person. And that's why, like, I enjoy comic books because they really exploit that. Yeah. You know, they, they really... <sighs> hit that nail on the head. They make these characters feel human, some of them which are not, but they make them relatable, and that's a big deal to me. I want to know why the person who was abused as a kid, um, beaten down, beaten down, beaten down, why when he finally you know, got free of that, why he chose to do good, or why the good person who would do whatever they could for certain people uh, just finally snapped. Yeah. Finally snapped and went on the bad side of things. I love the jo- this one line from the Joker. I'm trying to think of the, the exact quote, but uh, he did it towards Batman. Uh, everybody's just one bad day from being like me or something like yeah. that. I forgot what the, the exact word verbatim quote is, uh, but that's like 
Yeah. That's true. And these comic book, I mean, us in real life, we walk that fine line. Comic book characters, they walk that fine line. And it's super relatable. And that's, I mean, that helps me gravitate towards those characters. Those yeah. those characters that are really tested emotionally. Well, and I think Batman's one they showed that with. Right now they're doing the the, the dark multiverse. Yeah. And there's the origin of the Grim Knight. And it's basically Batman if he was the Punisher. And the whole thing is um, Joe Chill kills his parents. And he actually, like, Bruce somehow gets the gun and kills Joe Chill. And it totally changes his trajectory. He still becomes Batman, but he becomes very militarized. Like, he goes in the military. He he comes out as this Batman toting, toting guns. And it's like this one little change to his origin story totally changes who he is. Yeah. And and I, I think that that's like always very interesting and I love that's why I love the multiverse things. I know that's something we're gonna talk about later in the month. Yeah. Um, but it is like just those little tweaks, those little things can like make a character totally different. Um, that that a different take on Venom. Eddie Brock is a very relatable character and sympath sympathetic character. And then you add those little like he's a compulsive liar and tortures cats like oh he's no longer <laughs> this character yeah for me. yeah he's not conflicted anymore yeah it's just he's evil and i think those little changes are awesome um i think origin i know we talked tragedy we talked transformation but i, I was actually just looking up a list of like things of of um heroes getting their powers and i actually really like this concept um, like the lucky accident. So it's less of a direct tragedy and more of like a lab accident. And we have like the Hulks in that sense. Um, like Bruce Banner just was working on. And, and again, he's another one who has like a dark past. I feel like all heroes have these dark pasts with, because he has his, the relationship with his father. Um, yeah. But he gets hit with gamma rays and becomes a, this conflicted hero. Based on some of like his mental abuse, you know the abuse yeah. he he took, and that that Hulk character is kind of like a reflection of that in a way. Yeah. So yeah, that's Let's see. Like, there's some some interesting. That's ones. why I like. I think that's why I like What If so much. Yes. Those What If books because those really focus on a bunch of different changes. Earlier, I think we want to see earlier last year or later into uh, twenty our first year twenty. Oh Jesus! Seven, uh, eighteen. It's so weird. Now we're in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, I did the what if Flash Thompson. Yeah. What if Flash Thompson became Superman uh, or Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man. Jeez, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that would have been a cool one too. Uh, what if he became Spider-Man? And it was really cool. I mean, it didn't seem out of the realm of possibility. He's no, constantly been referred, you know, been referenced as being on that that trip that you know Peter Parker got bit by the spider. Uh. And the way he used his powers, he was very angry and ended up, you know, he ended up killing Peter Parker in that book and going to jail, uh, announcing himself as Spider-Man. That's, I mean, that's totally, that's the twist. It's a very, it's, it's It's how we got Spider-Gwen as well, because she was also classically on that trip and got bit by the the spider instead. That's right. um, I believe in that origin. I know they referenced it in the the multiverse movie as well, um, or Spider-Verse movie that like. Peter actually becomes a lizard and not Doc Connors. Oh, so it, that's you know, kind of cool. Yeah, so like the the freak accident though, I think that's a cool concept. So you got the Hulk, the Flashes, um, and then who else? We've got 
Fantastic Four for sure. Oh yeah, super cool one. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably one of my favorites too, and especially what comes with the thing after that. Having yes. to deal with is very uh, very big transformation. Uh, let's see what kind of med- other medical accidents have there, there been. Daredevil. Daredevil's yeah, Daredevil's one. He's my one of my favorite because I feel like honestly, like Matt Murdock's one of the most relatable characters, because um, he's that you know like single parent kid dealing with like this just tough as nails like parent trying to trying to take care of everything, but also having their own vices like. Like literally, like his dad is a great character because he's trying his best, but he sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, that's I mean that's a good you know story on its own. But yeah, that that's a great one. I think that the recent Daredevil uh, Netflix story really helped push yeah. Matt Murdock as a relatable yes character, uh, you know, in that light. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's a really good one. Oh man, I'm trying to think of some other tri- uh, like. There's, accidents. There was kind of Sandman sorta. was kind of one. Sandman. Sandman was the one from a villain perspective. I mean, nobody. Swamp Thing is an interesting one. I don't know if that's exactly. I wouldn't consider this one an accident, but like he gets killed and like taken in by the Earth. The Earth is like, all right, you're our avatar yeah, now. Gotcha. Yeah, and <laughs> that one's a really interesting one. I feel like Swamp Thing and the Hulk uh, are similar on some levels, but Swamp Thing is literally more like. Earthbound, right? If you want to look on the villain perspective of accidents, Poison Ivy, depending on the yeah. take of the origin, um, there's some that she's very similar to Swamp Thing actually, and she is also an avatar of the green. But like the you know you've got the old classic like if you want to go movies like the Uma Thurman uh, Poison Ivy where it was very much a lab accident. Yeah, um, that and one. I think there's some other takes as that as well. What if, what's Catwoman's like? I mean, I know there's so many origin stories, but obviously we've seen the one in. Batman Returns uh, with the penguin and her. Yeah. And hers was she got bit by a bunch of cats. She got knocked out of a window a bit. I don't know how accurate that was. So it, I've seen a couple origins for Catwoman where it's like a mystical thing. I know there's like the Halle Berry one. Uh, <laughs> but classically, she's just a thief. Like she's just a, a cat burglar. Like she doesn't have any special abilities. That's she's what on I the thought. same level as Batman. Aunt, I really like that Anne Hathaway Catwoman. Yes, and that's closer to the original is like Selena has her girls. Like she's in the red light district yeah. with her her kind of like um like she's like basically saving these girls from like prostitution and instead making them into thieves. She like classically has like a um like a sidekick with her um I forget the name. There's a couple names, but like she always has this character that's helping her out. And, um, like, I remember Batman Year One, He Bruce goes into the red light district, and, like, Selena watches him get into a fight out of the window because she's this cat burglar. And she has cats with her just because, like, she relates to him, but it's not so much like the, I'm surrounded by cats and radio- <laughs> ma- mystical cats bit me. <laughs> she's more of raised by the streets, which is, again, she's a, a cool character, and I think that's why she kind of um, balances between villain and hero in that sense. Yeah, she does walk that fine line often. Yeah, she doesn't have like a, a, a full motivation other than survival. Right. And that's a, a, a really cool concept, I think, too, is some of these heroes are created out of necessity to survive. Um, I think a really easy, great example of that is any of the X-Men. Yes, uh, that is huge because what... 
this is kind of funny. Uh, you know, one of the, the the main, at least what it used to be, what the original one was, that under times of duress, stress, uh, mutants' powers are revealed. And I, I'm like, I always read it, I get mad, because I'm like stressed 24-7, and I'm like, I just want powers too. You'll like uh, fart out a lightning bolt or something. Fart and fire out my butt after that chicken wing <laughs> challenge the other night. Uh, <laughs> it's been it was it's been a rough couple oh, of days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like that was that was a neat one. Like uh, you know, ice like I I always liked Iceman's yes. origin. Uh, you know, Cyclops the the whole Summers family has a relatively you know interesting one, and you know they actually. Like there are so many X Men characters, and they do such a good job of hitting up everybody's origin yes. story. And I'm not gonna say almost sympathetic, making them almost sympathetic, but uh, I mean that's another important aspect of the origin story is that they 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 can do that. Yeah. Uh, and X Men characters, even villains, get that treatment quite a bit. Magneto has been portrayed as a sympathetic character more often than not. And he's one of the most powerful villains of all time. Almost all of the villains really have. We we just recently got that like X Men Black run. Yes, you know, but like Emma Frost, um, uh, even what's like Juggernaut, Juggernaut, has this, Mojo. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure there's several other ones. Like, but X Men classically sympathizes the yeah. villains unless it's like Apocalypse. <laughs> That's true, and it's fair because Apocalypse is a douche. And Mister Sinister. Yeah, Sinister. Those guys are outright better. evil, but you know, a lot of those those villain characters in X Men. Sometimes they do end up on the X Men team, which yeah. is kind of and again like they're crazy. living out of survival. Often it's uh, it's often just I'm trying to survive, and I'm going to go with the person who's going to keep me alive the best. Yeah, and humans suck and are evil because I don't have powers. The Inhumans kind of went through the same exact thing as well. And they just moved. They were smart. And they just moved. Yeah, they're just like <laughs> we're going to make our own plan. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's a it, instinct out of survival. Um, and like I think Wolverine probably wouldn't have become a hero. I think he's Wolverine's a character I really think easily could have sl- flipped and became evil because of. Can you imagine him as as a just a straight up villain? He, yeah. He'd still he'd get that he'd eventually still get that like anti hero treatment like Venom and oh yeah Deadpool do. But Sabretooth, yeah, like, it, like him and Sabretooth are two sides of the coin, and that's why it's so easy to picture like. Wolverine could have been Sabretooth had things went the way for him that they did for Sabretooth. Yes. Um and that that's it, it's easy as that and I think like that and I think the reverse could be said for any of the heroes. We saw Cyclops go evil and an undeniably good character flip. Yeah, that was I think that was really powerful. That's my too. favorite. <laughs> that was really good. I mean, we could kind of delve into that too about how like those those shifts. I mean, they, they yeah. go for, like, shock factor and stuff yeah. like that. But there are some, you know, I guess in a way, an, you know, an origin story could be pinpointed to a character's major turn. Yeah. Um, from good to bad. Well, it, and I think um, before getting too deep into that, like Cyclops is a good example, yeah. though, too. Uh, so they recently redid the – they wanted to reinsert the young X-Men back into the fold. And so you have this young Scott Summers, like very just up and coming first class level Scott Summers, right. finding out he turns evil. And that was one of the coolest concepts to me. So he affects his own origin at this point because his e- – like seeing himself turn evil causes him to do everything he can not to be that person. Right. 
And I feel like there's other characters who have gone through that and, like, I'm totally blanking. Like, they've seen the future and they become the villain. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole concept of, you know, you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And people literally fight that as a or Like, that's part of people's origins. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones like that, too. Oh, man. But, yeah, I, I, I think, like, seeing that flip, um, uh, uh, you know, we're going to go back to my my favorite. Hal Jordan literally kills Co-City. Right. He gets infected by fear, by the entity of fear, Parallax, and destroys his hometown and then moves forward and begins killing lanterns. And there's this just – the shock factor of that is he was a hero created out of fear in the first place. Like, you know, the whole point of the Lanterns is they have the ability to overcome fear, not to be fearless, but to overcome it. But he gets to a point where he's still – he has so much fear he hasn't overcome that it overtakes him. And I think that's one of the coolest things. That's one of my favorite parts about – Hal Jordan, he's he's not infallible at all. Right. Um, at one point, every dark, evil ring gets a hold of him. Anger, greed, lust, like fear. Every single point. Um, and it's he's a very human character, and I, that's what I like about him. He's not this infallible, unbreakable will character and it's starting to become more common that writers do that even like superman yeah i i need flaws yeah i need flaws or else i'm not going to be able to relate to you yes that's the thing flaws and a good origin make it so a character becomes a this could have been me yeah you know like you can read it and go these two things if this happens like i could be this character in real life and and that's why i love flaws so much um and I think that's why people draw to anti-heroes. Because um, they walk that fine line. Absolutely. Yes. Or people draw heavier to a Batman than they will a Superman. Yeah. I mean, I can... No, I'm not, I'm not going to outright say that like Batman's like an anti-hero, but he's pretty damn close. Yeah. I would say, I mean, he has, you know, contingency plans for all the Justice League. He's the guy who kind of he does whatever he has to yes. do. And you've seen him fight against other heroes. And and undoubtedly like in this in this day and age, you yeah, you do see like the anti-hero thing is like oh yeah. It's all the wave. Like Deadpool is even the- annoyingly more <laughs> the most popular character. Yeah. Harley Quinn. Harley Oh god. The, uh. the Joker obsession even though he's a straight up villain. There is yeah, this romanticization of of the Joker in uh, yeah. in recent years, it really is. Uh, you it's, know, it's probably because Heath Ledger was so good at it. But also a relation to flaws, like Joker's always kind of been a thing. Um, and I think we as people inherently see ourselves as bad. As weird as that sounds, I think we inherently look at ourselves and look at our flaws more than we look at our our successes. So it's easier to relate to a villain or a um, a imperfect character than it is like these apple pie traditionally they've changed over the years but like perfect characters for example the cyclopses or not the cyclopses my bad i was looking at a picture of cyclops <laughs> what i meant to say was the captain americas 
Yeah. Um, the Supermans, who since have definitely changed. Superman is a villain in the Injustice series because he kills the Joker and wipes out a whole bunch of heroes. But these classically um, just straight up good. I think that's why people struggled with Aquaman for a while is he was just kind of a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, Peter, and now he's got like that. That badass, excuse me, yeah, that bad boy uh, look and vibe to him. Where, and that was um, Peter David's run of Aquaman. Very much had established that that was the long-haired, one-handed Aquaman. But that's not the Aquaman a lot of people know. Yeah, Uh, and I feel like that's why the Momoa character was so relatable. Is that already had it already had that um, kind of background for people to pull off of but very much like that Aquaman has even more of a tragedy again too he had that more like oh you had to watch his mother like die and be raised by a single father who just wanted to go back to the water and you know uh, but yeah so there, there's that there's the uh, just that it's harder to relate to some of these like cookie cutter I think that's why Fantastic Four was so interesting is it was one of the first, like, just straight-up solid relationships on a comic book page. Yeah. Um, was, like, Reed Richards and, and Sue Storm. And it got to the point where, like, they actually had to have them have marital problems <laughs> at one point so fans could relate to them better. Isn't it sad? It's yeah. sad but true. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a real thing. And all, I mean, even just their entire family proud. There's some of the squabbles yeah. that uh, those characters have faced off with before. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was in shock. That was one of the first comic books that I ever got to read was uh, Fantastic Four. My Uncle Rich had all of our comic books, uh, all my dad's, his generation of comic books, all together. And But, uh, yeah, he let me borrow them, but I was, like, amazed by all the infight. Like, here I grew up watching the cartoon, and it's like Fantastic Four. It's like this one big happy family. Uh, but there was a lot of fighting uh, yeah. into it, and I think that made me more interested. Like a weird, like a, yeah. from a dr- uh, human being who just you know loves to watch drama from the sidelines. It, it definitely made me interested yeah. in that. Well, like the thing at one point, uh, when he was human, had a thing with Sue Storm, and it was like um, put that she easily could have ended up with Ben instead of Reed. Imagine how different things would be yeah. in that respect. And like Johnny ended up. Uh, or Johnny had married a scrawl version of Alicia at one point. That's right. So, you know, there was all of this. Things could have gone in either way. And again, Reed Richards is now another character we have an evil version of. We have the maker, which is the ultimate version of Reed Richards as a villain. Yeah. Running, in, running through the universe right now. And he's a pretty prem- uh, prominent character. So there's there's that. I think then we flip over... And the concepts of origins to the chosen one contest or concept. So like Thor's or Shazam, Shazam, um, Hellboy is an interesting one, I think. Yeah, because he's he's not directly chosen one. He's actually meant to be evil, but he just ended up on Earth through <laughs> a summoning of a demon <laughs> ends up with the right old man. Who, and he gets like trained as a good guy. Um, and I, I think he's interesting because he's actually a chosen one for evil. He's meant to be the prince of hell. And then instead it's just like, no, you just ended up well, – now he's the hero instead and, like, <laughs> protecting the world. I do like the chosen one aspects. That's – I mean, that's a really good one because 
Uh, you get these characters. I mean, uh, again, not every character went out looking for superpowers. Yeah. Uh, but the chosen one, like they have, like uh, there's like that external pressure that they are the chosen one, mm-hmm. and that they are meant to do a certain thing, and it wears on them. That yes. maybe they beat themselves beat themselves up because they don't think they're strong enough to do what they're they have to do mm-hmm. or you know they they there's this big triumphant moment where they finally get to that point uh and, and some of those chosen one moments go sideways where okay i can't live up to this hype uh it's stressing me out i'm gonna go evil yeah uh anakin the, the skywalker lanterns. slash darth vader yeah. uh it's a good one the green lanterns <laughs> yeah 100 percent uh because right even now, was Sinestro's origin in the Green Lantern movie true to his comic book one? Was he originally a Green Lantern? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. He actually trained Hal Jordan. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure, because that's something I did want to talk about in a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, are the importance of movies Dylan. movies oh. picking up yeah. comic book origins. Uh, you know, that's... Yeah, that, that's... I mean, that's, that's just another the, one right there. Yeah, the, the chosen ones, though, like... Um, Billy Batson is freaking 13 years old. And he's like, it's like, hey, you're the chosen one in a superhero. <laughs> like, I couldn't, you know. I can't imagine myself as a superhero at 13. Yeah, it was it was tough to be told, like, hey, like, you're the captain of a sports team at 13-year-old. Like, th- that's a lot of pressure there. Or, like, hey, you're about to go to high school. You're going to have to start thinking about colleges. At 13 years old, at that's 13. stressful. You hey, you need a, to get a paper route. Yeah. You need to get a job. And you're, Billy Batson has to fight supervillains of all sorts of shapes and sizes. And he's adopted on top of it all. Yeah, at another layer. So he has no idea of who he is in the sense of, like, he doesn't have that an identity through his family yet. So now you've got this 13-year-old with no identity told he has to save the world and has – all of the power of the gods. <laughs> Good luck, kid. <laughs> and it's it's he he's a really interesting one. He's one of like the my favorite of the the hero chosen ones. Uh, you know, this was the first year with the movie. Well, last year now uh, with the movie coming out, we did do a Shazam episode and, and getting to read him. I I really enjoyed yeah. him. I enjoyed his character. Uh, he's not one that I would openly go and look at up his origin, but like. I was like, again, the relatability. Yes. Kids struggling through, uh, you know, just re- regular everyday problems. And then an, on top of that, having to be a superhero. Uh, I think what, like, hit it home for the movies even more, too, was like the, look at this, like, battering. I <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Like, these are, he, he's a comic book nerd. Like <laughs> He was, oh, he was such a fanboy. And then when he got his powers, he wasn't like a hero at first. He was being a show off. Yeah. And I'm like, I could imagine myself doing that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I can kind of guy. Is there any other, like, origin themes so, that you wanted to hit? Uh, I think with the, the Chosen one, you have the flip side of it. And I think we kind of touched on it with Swamp Thing. But I think another good one is Ghost Rider, where it's less of a gift and more of a curse. Yes. Um, and I think we, we have that with Ghost Rider, um, I believe Etrigan, and, and some, some heroes like that. I think Ghost even, Rider, is, is Moon Knight's story kind of like that as well? This is a gift. Moon Knights is one of those crazy stories we'll probably <laughs> spend more time on because the origin has changed like four times. <laughs> um, and it is so different. Right. But but Ghost Rider was like, hey, here, sell your soul. Okay. Sell your head's soul. on fire now. <laughs> yeah, we'll bestow these powers upon you. And the worst part about it is it happens more than once. <laughs> 
I, yeah, what rotten luck is that? Johnny Blaze, Robbie Reyes. Um, there's the current or the the more recent female Ghost Rider. Um, and I believe there's another one or other male Ghost Rider. But Bit. yeah, is it like Bit? I want to say it's like Billy something, but. And they keep selling their souls. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just stop it. Just stop it. Even though Ghost Rider is such a bad, he's a bad dude in a good no. way. I, I love it. Um, I think there is a couple others, actually. There's, okay. There's the hero by um, necessity. The hero by birth, basically. With, like Superman, but like the Wonder Woman's. Um, yeah. Aquaman does Black fall Panther. into that. Black Panther. Um Martian Manhunter, like just an so alien kind of, that yeah. landed on space. So they're kind of like part of a. I, I guess the way to describe it is they're part of a much larger group. Yeah. Of of characters that could all, you know, be these specific heroes. But you know, we all know that, like, you know, with Wonder Woman, she yeah, her whole island full of just female warriors, and. Yeah. Anybody could be called Wonder Woman, even though she's not like officially called Wonder Woman. People don't just like, hey, it's Wonder Woman. Uh, at least from a movie perspective, I, I see that as. But uh, anybody on that island could have been it. She was trained to be a warrior like Xena. She was trained to be like a warrior princess right, right, you know, right out of the gate. And and she became a hero, yeah, out of necessity. Thor, Aquaman, um, like I said, Superman, Martian Manhunter. Those kind of heroes. Um, and then the other one is like heroes who create their power. Um, Ant-Man, uh, Iron Man. Batman kind of falls in that in my opinion. Oh, he definitely does. Yeah, they that's a good, that was, that's a good reference. Booster Gold kind of because he like steals <laughs> the, the tech. Um, Blue Beetle. Is another Blue Beetle? Oh man, I'm the original Blue Beetle. So the Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Uh, but he also, I believe, so the Scarab was always involved. But for like Ted, he like used the Scarab to create technology. Where, um, like the Jaime Reyes Scarab, he's more of a chosen one. Where the Scarab attaches to his body and goes, "Hey, you've got super powers now," <laughs> and he's very much like a Power Ranger in that sense. But um, so th- there's two sides to that coin. Um, I think depending on the origin, Adam has either given himself those powers on purpose or accident, um, and, and stuff like that. And there's definitely heroes we miss. Don't don't get me wrong. Like freak accidents, like Captain Adam's another one that comes to my head. Oh yeah, and and, um, and don't fret because we're gonna trust me. We're gonna hit up every yeah. major. We know we're mainly angle. talking like a heroes here, but like there's there's every level of B and C and. <laughs> no, without a doubt. Uh, I did want to close this episode, well, uh, with another theme. Uh, obviously, with the rise of movies, rise of cinema, how important it is to comic yes. book culture nowadays. How important is it for a movie to hit the origin story as correctly as they can? At least for for you. For me? it So, I kind of am a hypocrite, I think. In some ways, because it depends on the character. Um, like Joker, for example, it, the I prefer like the comic book, the animated, the Killing Joke Joker story. So that's one I I want. But then on other aspects of it, I think like the whole multiverse and all of that has given creators the freedom to come up with their own stories. 
Um, and I think that's a cool thing. I think like we kind of see that with um, Guardians of the Galaxy. We got an original Peter Quill story. It was not yeah. the traditional. It was a good one. I mean, it ended up changing his comic book. Yeah, and it made him more likable. Yeah, it did. He made him more, way more popular. So I think it depends on how successful I think it does at um, connecting and relaying the character. I think modernization's fine. I think like Iron Man, for example, is another one they did in the movies where they just modernized his story. Right. And, and I like that. But sometimes it jacks it all up because it like cuts the villains out. And I think villains are a super important part to origin stories. I Yeah, I agree. When it comes to the movies – as long as it's something similar, as long as they keep the overall context, I guess, of the comic book origin story, because that's what I associate with a lot of these characters is their yeah. comic book origins. As long as it keeps some sort of that in, I can live with it. Yeah. There's been, like, I didn't like the new Fantastic Four for yeah. many reasons, but their origin story, I mean, it, it was an origin movie, but it was just bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, I... Liked the Venom movie, but one of my biggest, you know, issues with it was the origin. And yeah, it kind of kept everything in theme. Uh, you know that how he became. Ven- I, I guess. Well, no, not really. Uh, they stayed away from Spider-Man completely. Yeah. Uh, and that drove me nuts. But if you can look past it, it's actually a pretty good movie. Well, and then you have you do have these, some of these origin movies, especially because there's been so many origins at this point, where we're going to start getting to the point where we're not going to have an origin anymore. Spider-Man, for example, just became a hero. Yeah. We never really saw his origin, Hawkeye. We just kind of got introduced to him as a hero. It was kind of they were kind of like referenced, but they didn't yeah. focus the entire movie on. Which actually, I'm, I'm okay with it for Spider-Man. Yeah, we've seen too, Uncle I Ben think. get shot a million times. Yeah, we uh, didn't need it again. <laughs> I couldn't handle it anymore. Uh, but yeah, I think that's an important aspect for you know a selling point for a lot of these movies. Like Captain America's was really cool to see yep. on the big screen. Uh, you know, Black Panther's is really cool to see on the big screen. Uh, there's been so many Hulks. Uh, yeah. We've seen – well, we only seen really one Hulk, and they've just kind of like pretended like it's all – I was crazy about the Eric Bana. The movie? Yeah. No. Overall, no. But the – well, I guess, yeah, they, they, and, they were, it was kind of bad. <laughs> they, they, they did do the Gamma thing gimmick, but uh, they yeah. didn't really do it the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and, and there's been, you know, there's been a few art like Daredevil in the Netflix show, Punisher in the Netflix show, like yeah, yeah, and that's been a reoccurring theme through all movies and television that Punisher has been in. So I, I, I think it's absolutely needed that you have to have some resemblance of the origin story. I agree. And I mean, imagine how much better Venom would have been if they included Spider-Man in oh, yeah. some way. Hey man, it somehow. might happen. They, they're supposed to cross over, but the origin thing at this they're point is... In, it's on the table for, for two. They, to, they better. They better. So they could have set it in the... You know what they should have did? They should have set it in the future. Yeah. They should have set Venom in the, in the, the future with a grown-up Peter Parker, but... <laughs> and, and, like, just way post-Infinity War. I think that would have been awesome, but... Yeah. Um, oh, that been so cool. But, uh, but yeah... That's pretty much what I got for today. Yeah, I, and I, I, I'm good with that now. I think uh, to next week we're going to talk, um, I think, origin spoofs and groups, like stories that have kind of rewritten the origin and kind of done their own thing with it, such as like Invincible or Kick-Ass. Yeah. Um, 
as well as I think we're going to talk a little more heavy on villain origins as well. I'd like, to, yeah, I very much so, like to do that. So we definitely have some plans, um, and it's going to be fun. Tell us what you think of the new, the new format where it's going to we're going to get more comfortable with it as we go. Too, we're going to get some more research done and have even more to talk about. Um, yeah, we're pretty much. I'm not going to say we're completely done with the the review system. We're not completely done with it. You're going to see the review in some creative and... <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get... Entertaining ways for you, painful or upsetting painful for stomachs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're not necessarily going to get that anymore, which is, you know, I'm okay. We had, we, I think we had a good run with it. We got to read a lot of comic books, learn a lot of stuff. But I think the discussion aspect needs to be, you know, what me and Greg have discussed. It, it needs to be more front and center for this show. And this is definitely the way to go about it. I Like, I, I had... So much fun yeah. talking about this today. And we, <laughs> there's so much more, you know, to learn. We have 52 weeks of shows, ladies and gentlemen, this year. And there's going to be a lot. And that's not counting specials. Yeah, that's not even including movie specials and, and, and this and that. So, um, yeah, we have so much more in store for you. We appreciate you listening to us through 2019 and looking forward to your support in 2020. Uh, all right. On behalf of Greg and I, we appreciate you very much. And we'll talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion. Mm-hmm.